What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. Uh, Team Greece just keep on rolling on. The Acropolis tournament is well and truly underway. And Mamu as well, trying to carry uh, Team Georgia. Unsuccessful in the first game, uh, but they'll continue to roll on. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. The schedule dropped. I don't know if Frank's got any takes. He's got takes about most things, so I'll ask him about that. And then we've got another mailbag question uh, from our lovely listeners. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Also, find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or watch of every day as well. Starting to ramp up a little bit towards the NBA season. When the schedule drops, you know you're starting to get relatively close, particularly because I think they did it a little bit later uh, this season. But we're going to talk about Team Greece first. They had a nice win over Poland, uh, a team that probably didn't really look like they had enough. Uh, to to handle Giannis in this game. Uh, firstly, what's that uh, hoodie you're wearing there? Or jumper you got? It's there? <clears throat> it's not a hoodie. It's just a you know kind of jacket. It's it's, sweater. I, I wear this. I wear this all the time. It's my business school jacket. For some reason, I thought, and it would have been spectacular by you. For some reason, I thought that was like a Greek, like a you know a monument or something on the logo there. I need no. to get my eyes checked, but that would have been unbelievable. No, this is just the uh, the the main building at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. That's just the little mm-hmm. logo. So disappointing. No, right, no so Greek tie-in. To, no Greek tie-in. You just wanted to flex that you've been to business school. All right, we get it. Uh... <laughs> I'm still right. stuck here talking to you, aren't I, Kane? I mean, what, what good did it do, right? I tell you what, you went to business school and you thought you were headed for big things, and now look at you. You're sitting here next to me. It's uh, yeah. a tragic Slumming. downfall. Slumming. What did you take away from this? A great game because I, as you look at the box score, honestly, you see Giannis, twenty-four minutes of action, three for four from two-point range, and you say, "Well, come on, Giannis, what is going on? Why aren't you taking more shots?" It's because this guy uh, potentially, uh, or actually, re- realistically, lived at the free throw line, which tells me Poland probably didn't have too many answers. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> I saw the last like three and a half quarters. So unfortunately, I missed the like eighteen to two start by Greece. And by the time I turned it on, Sorry. Poland was just raining threes and actually took the lead uh, at one point. Which uh, I was telling Eric, uh, our friend Eric Name was there at the Acropolis live from the Acropolis. Eric Name, his comedy special. Um, I was telling you, it was great, great coaching adjustment by the Polish coach to just have his team just start making all their three pointers and and take the lead. But uh, seemed like whenever Giannis got in the game the uh the bleeding immediately stopped for for the Greeks and um he hit uh I think two more threes today and uh, interestingly started nine for 11 from the free throw line and then hit just three of eight um down the stretch so normally it kind of goes the other way 
you know, it seems like normally he's actually worse early in games and then he gets better from the foul line sort of as games go on. But, you know, look, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think if longtime listeners know, I'm sort of beyond taking these small single game random samples and trying to extrapolate anything about what they mean for Giannis's three point shooting or free throw shooting or any of that. Um, happy to see some, you know, a couple more three pointers go down, hit a couple threes in the previous game as well. All positive if he's if the ball is going in, um, and uh, yeah, I mean Poland again probably not uh, the the toughest opponent that that Greece is going to face, but still fun to see them. You know, Giannis kind of doing his thing, especially you know I was I was I went back to his stats from the previous World Cup and he had a lot of foul trouble in that series. I think he he might have only averaged like twenty six minutes a game off the top of my head, but he also only averaged fourteen point eight points per game in the twenty nineteen FIBA World Cup which just kind of underscores, you know, again, it, it really is just a different kind of sport. So I'm, you know, it's, it's been interesting seeing him put up just monster, especially per minute stat lines here in these first two games, because he really has not done that uh, for Greece typically, because, because the FIBA game again is just very different and Greece, you know, never, never seems to have good three point shooting. So we'll see how that kind of, you know, translates into uh, kind of the Eurobasket tournament, but, uh, they've got games the next two days. Um, all but assured, Leonis is going to skip the Thursday game and then come back on Friday. I, I, I'm guessing probably play on Friday. Who knows? Maybe they hold him out of that game as well. And then, um, you know, I think it was on the. Do, do you, I don't know if you have the schedule for it. I think what the 25th and 28th. I think they have the the two uh, World Cup qualifiers that actually count for something, including the one against uh, against Jokic in Serbia. So. Um, so again, hey, every game he gets through without injury is a win. And if he plays well and Greece plays well and they win games and they do it in front of home fans, all the better. Um, good to see. Great, grand, wonderful. Costas uh, Adetokounmpo also just was dunking a lot in this game. That was kind of fun to watch. Um, so shout out to Costas uh, showing out a little bit as well. The Nassus had a hammer dunk late. But I think that's enough analysis uh, from us that we need to do for a game like this. I'm, I, I will be very curious to just sort of see how uh, how Greece shapes up in once the Eurobasket runs around. And um, probably the least, the the most concerning thing for me at this point is just the the Eurobasket schedule. This is pretty much always the case with these Eurobasket and, and FIBA World Cup. Like they always end up being super compressed schedules for the group play. And I think Greece has like five and seven days or something like that. I think they've got maybe a couple back-to-backs, I want to say, in in the span of a week to kick off the tournament. So that is really not ideal, especially just given where Giannis and everybody else is going to be from a conditioning standpoint. Um, so again, we'll see. I mean, if Greece wins, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's like if Greece wins their first like three, four games, like would they sit Giannis out or something like that to rest him? Like I have no idea, right? I don't think that's typically something you see in a tournament like this, but but we will see. And, you know, hey, mid-afternoon, Giannis Adetokounmpo and brothers playing semi-competitive basketball in the middle of summer. Like, I'll, I'll take that, right? I'll take that, throw that on um, while I'm trying to do real work during the day. That's that's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. Yeah, it was a 3 a.m. tip for me. So, I, again, I didn't get up for the <laughs> – I was traveling yesterday. Uh, I didn't get up for the 3 a.m. tip. I'm saving myself for the qualifiers. I'm saving myself for Eurobasket – uh, but I did notice, and this got me excited because I am really excited to watch Giannis in these big games against these big European nations. And and obviously the Serbia game is going to be exciting because today 
I did see that Serbia played Slovenia. So you had uh, Jokic, you had Doncic, and that, and it did. I mean, I think it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Obviously, Harris was talking about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Costas, double digits. There was four players in double digits. So they did the, uh, a fair chunk of the scoring uh, for this team. Uh, Mamu, and by the way, before we move on, did you, you said you were speaking to Eric. I'm not sure. Have you got any feedback how he's enjoying Greece as he ran into Bucks fans on the streets? Is there any type of Greek stories from name? I mean, I think all of the all of the comments I've had back and forth with Eric have been in the exact same DM that you're in, Kane. So, mm. so I, I have not been in contact with Eric beyond just our uh, little group DM chat. Um, but it mm. sounds like he he did a family trip in Austria last week. Uh, and then uh, flew to to Greece this week, and I think he was originally actually supposed. This was supposed to be like a family vacation, and uh, you know, because the man never stops. Well, he did stop. He stopped last week, but because Eric Name is so committed to documenting what's important to Milwaukee Bucks fans, he uh, is putting in some shifts this week, uh, covering Giannis and the Greek national team. I'm not sure. I'm I'm curious. The real test is: Does he go to the game on Thursdays, given that Giannis probably isn't going to play? since it's a back-to-back-to-back. Um, that, that's going to be a real test of, of how hard is Eric Name actually working this week. But I'm sure he is. Uh, his social media seems to be um, filled with, uh, with food, um, a, a very international version of hashtag NBA Road Eats. Um, so call it, call it FIBA Road Eats uh, for Eric Name. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have him come on. I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm still, I don't know if I've even informed you of this, but Eric Name and and JJ Bursch and I, we've been talking at some point later in the summer, maybe when Eric gets back, we, we need to do a, a movie, a movie podcast, JJ being our, you know, crossover bucks fan slash uh, PhD in, in film theory. He just got his doctorate. So JJ has been on this podcast before talking about movies with, with me and Eric. And um, I don't know, Kane, if you even want to show up for that one, you're welcome to, uh, no, you don't want to, but um, we'll talk about movies and stuff with Eric and JJ. <laughs> When, when stuff gets really slow, um, maybe right before Eurobasket kicks off, we'll have an episode about movies. We need to talk about Top Gun, a lot of TV shows that I've been watching lately. I got, I got a full clip here of, of takes from an from a entertainment standpoint. Not sure if I have nearly as many takes from a basketball standpoint right now, but I will try. I will do my best, Kane. You know me. You put a topic in front of me, I'll blather for a few minutes regardless. Oh, that's why before this podcast, you said, well, what are we going to talk about? And I've got no concern. We're going to blast through <laughs> the 30-minute barrier with no troubles at all. I've actually got more Yana stuff. So I want to come back to Yana. I just want to ask you a couple of things that I've been sort of pondering you know, with this Team Greece uh, stuff that's happening. But before I do, a message to any of our Greek fans. If you see Eric Name on the street, uh, tell him that Kane Pittman thinks he sucks. Uh, Kane Papa Pittman? Kane Papa Pittman thinks he sucks. Because he will, first of all, he will love that. He will love hearing from you guys. And if I could have a message passed on to a Greek fan to tell Eric that while he's in Greece, it would just be a thrilling uh, moment for me. I'll tell you what else is uh, thrilling. I was reading these stats about Kevin Durant from betonline.net. Now, for some reason, they did this survey of all the negative tweets about Kevin Durant. And I guess they're trying to figure out which parts of the US, you know, there's a big trade situation going on with kevin durant and the most negative tweets about kevin durant and by the way you don't boston. have to tw- in boston and you don't have to and this doesn't surprise you because there's probably lots of negative tweets 
uh, you know, basketball related that if it's not about the Celtics, but you don't have to tweet negatively, by the way. But you know, apparently, most of them have been coming from that part of the US. Wisconsin came in 31 out of the states, and Wisconsin, a nice state, uh, always friendly. Sometimes a bit of emotions about the the Bucks or the Packers, but anyway, BetOnline.net they they do lots of things over there. But if you want to bet on the NBA, bet on NHL, bet on MLB, all these sports leagues, you can do that. The Packers they'll be back soon. They're already playing. No one cares about preseason football, but yeah, week one won't be too far well, away. So- I, I I mean, well, I know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Packer fans, I think, care a lot about. I mean, my my. My was, timeline is filled with with scrimmage tweets uh, about the Packers. Um, friend of the pod, Andy Herman and company are tweeting up a storm about what's happening at Packers practices and scrimmages. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to undersell uh, NFL preseason, even though I, even though I may not be that interested. Uh, I, I, you know, the NFL is the NFL. So speak for yourself, Kane. No, you're right, actually. People do care about it. Uh, I was very, very disappointed when my timeline filled up with Packers takes that I could not care less about. And uh, those guys do great work, by the way, but you know, I, I don't care. And I don't want to see the, these Bucks fans tweeting about the Packers. So bring the NBA back quick, smart. Let the Packers fizzle out in the postseason and let's stick to basketball. Uh, but head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's Bet Online, uh, where the game starts. All right, so sticking with Giannis, because you did mention the schedule, you know, going through, and it's in the YouTube comments. There's kind of a, a little battle going on between some Bucks fans, and it's the, the debate isn't going to go, go away. That they don't want him to play for Greece. Not that they don't want him to play for Greece, but they're concerned about his health. Greek fans, obviously, super passionate about their country. They're very proud to have him playing for Greece. So I've spoken about that. I, it's, you know. I, you're not going to stop these guys from playing for their country, nor should you. So I think it's great that he's playing for Greece. But I'd also like to see Suki Hobson on the bench next to him. He had Bud's over, obviously been over there and been to a few practices, seeing and, meet, and greeting everyone among other people from the Buck staff. And then, Josh Oppenheimer. Well, on the staff. Him, working him out every day, yeah, on the Greek, Greek national team staff, up, and getting, uh, uh, getting some of that, that, that summer work in. Andrew Small, Eric said, is over there, physio with the Bucks, Australian. He's just left Australia, actually. So I just thought I'm just going to go from Australia to Greece. So shout out to Andrew Small. Didn't um, take you with him, though. Huh. Mm. I actually that's asked him if he was coming down to Melbourne to see me, and he said no chance. So that's at least I've got respect. <laughs> I've got some respect within the staff. There's no doubt about that. But if you are a Bucks fan and you're pointing to, well, I don't think he's going to play back-to-back, it, it honestly will be interesting to see how they manage uh, minutes, uh, the games that he plays, and when the tournament starts, maybe it's more uh, I- important then. But the Bucs are definitely having an influence over how he's managing his body and those types of things. And I think the interaction is good and should make you feel you know, comfortable if you're a Bucs fan. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think probably a lot of folks remember... Uh, I'd have, we'd have to double-check what year it was. Uh, I don't know, Ken, if you want to <laughs> Google this in the background, but... Um, what was it 2018 maybe or you know a, a number of years back um you know Giannis had had been training with the Greek national team in the summer and then Suki actually was flown out i think they were doing uh, exhibition play in China 
and Suki flew out and there was all this concern about his knee and, you know, soreness and stuff like that. And it became this big, you know, international incident practically because the Bucks were like, yeah, he shouldn't play. And we're going to fly our, you know, our, our people out there to make sure he's, he's okay. Kind of put him through the paces. And then um, they kind of ended up pulling him out, uh, which I think, you know, created some bad blood for a while. Yes. So <laughs> let's just say, you know, it seems like there's a much more, you know, integrated sort of approach from the start this time. But, um, you know, uh, the reality is obviously injuries can happen at any time. I mean, you could, you could get hurt doing individual workouts, you know, by himself um, in an empty gym. It's just the way the kind of game is. But, you know, I think obviously when you are playing competitively, it, it increases the likelihood of something happening just because, again, you, you can't really predict what's going to happen when you have 10, 10 people running around um, and uh, especially the way Giannis plays um, and the speed with which he plays, which has been kind of fun to watch um, in, uh, in, in FIBA play here, these, these couple games. And by the way, it should be noted. I think he only has one foul and like hmm. 29 free throws <laughs> in 45, 46 minutes of, of total play. I, I am curious to see how the whistle is for him when the games actually count, because certainly in the past, both ends, I think, have been frustrating for him. The defensive foul uh, calls, as well as maybe not getting um, as much of a, a favorable whistle uh, on the offensive side. So that certainly hasn't been the case so far. He got fouled 10 times today, I think I saw. I think Harris Stavard uh, tweeted out. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's just a different beast than kind of anything <laughs> these guys have seen before. Um, you, you know, some, some, some of these... Polish guys might have played with, you know, um, Marcin Gortat, Gortat or Shimon Shevchek, former Bucks draft pick, great Shimon Shevchek, who, by the way, I once saw in Vegas uh, play for the Bucks Summer League team like 10 years ago. Uh, but uh, but yeah, there's there's no simulating Giannis. There's 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 nothing, nobody like Giannis um, that most of these guys have have seen up close and personal. And so I'm sure. It is, uh, let's just say, a little bit of an adjustment, to say the least, when you have to go out there and find yourself staring down, you know, Giannis coming at you like a freight train in the open court. So, um, so yeah, like like we said up top, number one thing, health. Just cross your fingers that that nothing happens, Giannis or Orthanasis for that matter. But obviously, Giannis, you know, is is uh, our prime concern with everything. And um, but the good news is the Bucks obviously are well represented with the Greek national team and. Again, just fingers crossed that uh, that they make it through the next month or so unscathed and still have time to kind of be in good shape and, and hopefully, you know, in game shape once once training camp rolls around, right? I mean, we don't typically talk about kind of the, the game shape component of this to, to playing in the summer. Um, not that we worry about, you know, Giannis being out of shape per se. But... He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I don't think as long as he's healthy, I don't think we're going to have any concerns about, you know, him being ready for the regular season. Keep in mind, I don't think, I think, I think during the Bud era, I don't think he's played more than two preseason games like in any of those years. Because I, I looked this up once because he's had some injury knocks um, that have limited him the last couple of years. But it's really going back a number of years. He He's really not played much in the preseason. He's pretty much always been held out of um, at least some of the preseason games. So Giannis used to kind of sitting out much of the preseason and just sort of showing up and you know dominating from the start. So, um, so we'll see. Yes, and just the final point, I mean, it makes absolute sense 
that the Bucks and the Greek national team should form some sort of relationship because it probably figures to benefit both moving forward rather than having the fracture, you know, between between both. So I think it makes sense. I think it's great. I don't know enough about that story back then. I certainly remember it, but I don't know the inside and out uh, to comment on that. But certainly, I'm sure along the way with multiple countries, there is some people that won't care about the Bucks and the 82 games he has to play after that. And they say, we want him for the next two weeks for this tournament because we want to win. So it's uh, it's probably a bit of back and forth uh, there. The, the, real, the, real, the real question is if, if, if the Greek national team and the Bucks were really aligned, Greece, you couldn't have given, up a, given us a heads up when we drafted the wrong Kalitsakis twin last year? Come on, what's the deal? Yorgos, Yorgos doesn't even make the, uh, the Greek national team training camp and his twin brother does. That's just uh, it's a tough look, tough look. Our Bucks got to do better. Drafted the wrong twin. Come on. Well, the Bucks have played in London before. Uh, no game in Greece this season. Very disappointing. They should try and get that done at some point. But the schedule did drop. Uh, speaking of travel and uh, Paris, but they well, in that's Paris. Paris. That's right. They've been all over the place. Why they haven't yeah. been to Greece? I mean, that would be obviously an incredible uh, atmosphere. I'd imagine if the Bucks went out there. Uh, for a game, but the schedule did drop today. Speaking of travel, by the way, they're going to have to go to Abu Dhabi for a couple of preseason games, so I don't know how they're going to manage that. I figure the NBA would want Giannis to be there. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge, obviously, when it comes to it, but the schedule drops. He's, he's basically He basically has to play. I know. I know. <laughs> he basically has to play in those games. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't have to put in a, a long shift, but yeah, this this preseason definitely being different in the sense that he, there are a couple of showcase international games yes. that the NBA will be leaning on them heavily. Fortunately, it's not a, you know it's not like they're going to make them play you know twice in eighteen hours or something like that. But still, not exactly an ideal. I mean, yeah. if you if you ask me the option of having yes. my team not have to travel internationally for preseason, I would say well, let's go ahead and not do that. Um, but uh, you know, so, so it goes. Remember also not pre Giannis, but uh, didn't they they played in uh, was it in Taiwan or China? Remember when Joe Alexander was drafted and like the Bucks played in. I think they played in China and it was try like, not oh, to. I try not to, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly can't remember that. E was it some sort of E promo, was it? Well, I think it was after he was gone though. So it was yeah, kind tough. of awkward. Yeah. Uh what do you look for when the schedule drops, Frank? Is there anything you're specifically uh, from your analytical um, mind or just your straight up fandom mind? I I think I I'm always curious to see kind of if the balance is swung more towards you know is it like home heavy in the first half or second half? Um, it seems like there's there's a really strong initial home bias, um, which again you know pay me now pay me later, right? Um, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing if they're playing without you know Chris for instance. Maybe you're happy to have some of those games, some of those winnable games uh, at home. Um, early in the in the calendar, but you know I I don't feel that strongly about it. Um, interesting to see Philly as the the opener, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody's curious to see how Philly stacks up given kind of the the off season they've had. I think they've had a really good off season. Um, you know, PJ Tucker going from the Heat to the Sixers, I think, is a a huge win for the for Philly in part just because it you know takes away. Him from from Miami probably makes Miami a an easier option for the Bucks just because I don't think 
I just don't think Giannis feels all that comfortable playing against PJ really struggled against the heat last year, although certainly has had a lot of struggles over the years against the heat. So that's, I think that'll definitely be an interesting matchup. Um, and then I thought kind of just one of the, you know, we, we found a couple of days ago that they were obviously going to play in Boston on Christmas, which I'm always a little torn. I, I, to be honest, I was happy. I was really happy when they had that, uh, that game in New York on Christmas. Cause I was like, okay, good play a crappy team. You're likely, you're likely to get a win. Don't put a cloud over my Christmas day because if the Bucks lose, I'm going to be in, you know, less of a good Particularly to Boston for you. Yeah, exactly. Like if they, oh, my, man, and last year, like the oh, way no. they came, I was like, I was so sour. My, my family was just like, boy, you're such a grouch because it looked like obviously they were going to lose that game. And then when they came back and won it, I mean, it was the best, right? It was such a fun game for them to win the way they did. Wes Matthews hitting the huge shot. Giannis making plays, you know, that huge block uh, on Robert Williams and 36 points or whatever it was. So it was the best when they won. Uh, but the flip side was that, you know, yeah, if you have to go on the road and obviously you'd favor the Celtics in, in a home Christmas game, um, will certainly be less, less fun, right? Probably one of the least fun games to recap for me of the last few years was the Sixers, uh, yeah, when, when Philly got to hang their, uh, their Christmas champion banner, uh, a few years ago and, and kind of really gave it to the bucks on Christmas, maybe the high point of of the process era, to be honest, let's be honest and let's, let's be realistic here. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm part of me is at this point, just like, eh, just give us an easy game. So I feel like we can just get a, get a win and move on with our Christmas day. But, um, I think the other thing about this interesting is, you know, you you don't play every team in your conference four times just because the math doesn't work that way. Um, so a few teams you, you play only three times, uh, and the Celtics are one of those teams and not just, that the Bucks are playing the Celtics three times, but they get two of those games at home. And, you know, you look last year, these teams were tied in the final regular season standings. Um, I believe they, they split the regular season two, two, right. Cause they won the two home games. And so I, I forget which tiebreaker it went to, but it went to like, you know, the third or fourth tiebreaker for the South for the Celtics to have the second seat over the Bucks. And of course that was a big deal, right? <laughs> they, they had home court advantage in the second round because of all that. And so you just never know, right? I mean, again, I, I think the Celtics are going to be an awesome regular season team this year, considering last year, they kind of punted the first half of the season. You never know what, what's going to happen, but, um, but let's just say you get in a position where, you know, you're kind of comes down to the wire and you have the same record as the Celtics, but you know, obviously getting two out of three games at home in the regular season, the first tie being the tiebreaker being head to head, um, maybe not as trivial or, you know, not as much of a footnote as we might as I think it is. So, um, so that'll be interesting. And um, yeah, I don't know if I have any other, you know, massively uh, hot takes on, on the schedule, but um, you know, we'll, we'll see. You just never know with injuries, you know, you never know when you would want to have kind of the hard part of your schedule. And obviously we'll see again late in the year, kind of how important the, the last few games of the season are just, given where things are from a seating standpoint. So who knows? We'll see. It is what it is. Uh, and uh, I'm just looking forward to what October 1st, I think the first preseason game is. It's kind of crazy. We're only like six. Well, are we only six weeks away from that? Am I crazy? Six weeks away from preseason basketball. It's wild. With a bunch of Giannis possible in between. So it feels like it's yeah. going to go uh, pretty quick, I would say. And uh, just 
Uh, I, I should mention, by the way, we did a full sort of schedule recap. We went into the home away breakdown, national TV games, uh, everything like that. I caught up with Camille and Justin. So find that in your podcast feed, find it on the YouTube feed, uh, and you can listen to that one there. But opening night, I, I described it on that podcast. This is going to be a Twitter frenzy. You got Giannis and Harden, Giannis and Embiid, Giannis and PJ Tucker. Of course, the Sixers are trying to throw their hat in the in the Kevin Durant ring. I, I I don't know, you know, how that ends up or if it gets done in the next two months. It feels probably unlikely, but who could know? But could you imagine that as well? Uh, in terms of opening night games, and Philly is up pretty high, I think, with most Bucks fans in terms of teams you want to beat. Uh, it's probably nice that they then head to the home opener against against Houston. It's, they've had bigger home openers in in the past, Frank. I know it's a big battle in your family, but you know, the Rockets as a home opener, not quite ring night. No, but I mean, hey, let's just bank some, hopefully bank some early wins, right? Um, I, I got to see the uh, road opener in Houston a few years ago, which was well, a lot was of fun. The Bucks, Bucks came back to win that game. That was one of their few kind of comeback wins, fourth quarter comeback wins that year. Um, but but yeah, I mean, that that string of road games early in the se- or home games early in the season, hopefully that's a chance to, Kind of build a little bit of a buffer uh, in the standings because again, I we'll talk about it. I th- I'm sure at some point, but I, I'm just really curious, kind of where the Bucks end the regular season this year. Because on the one hand, you know, you hope that you're not going to deal with another kind of Brook Lopez scale injury, and obviously Chris Middleton indications are he'll, you know, be back early in the season, right? If not for for the opener. Uh, but you know, just looking at the the rest of the East and just knowing kind of how the Bucks don't take the regular season to me like that seriously, um, I, I'm just really curious, kind of see just kind of where they land, right? Because I mean, you look at the standings last year; it was really tight. You know, Bucks get a few breaks. Maybe Brook Lopez comes back a few weeks earlier. They could have been the first seed, um, but they also you know only finished a few games ahead of Toronto. Um, and they were tied with uh, with Philly, you know, for for the the, the five, tied with Philly and Boston for the two, three, four seeds uh, in terms of just total number of wins. So nothing nothing would really surprise me. I mean, if you told me that the Bucks, you know, Chris Middleton missed a couple months, or you know, God forbid something happened to Giannis, maybe he misses like a month or something like that. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are like guaranteed like a top three seed or something like that. And I I think it would serve the Bucks well to. <laughs> be seated on the higher end and like we saw last year you know not having home court yeah might might have been the thing that that cost them a trip beyond the second round so um so i i'm i'm really just curious to see kind of where they kind of where they get back to and you know i think that really starts on the defensive end right i mean being an average defensive team last year finishing 14th that's just not what we've expected from the Bucks. They've been sort of slips, kind of slip sliding down the standings a bit in terms of defense the last couple of years, going from, you know, first to to tenth to fourteenth. And obviously, they you know have felt like and shown in the twenty twenty one season that they could turn it on in the playoffs when it mattered. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm just really curious to see, and and that's probably the thing that also gives me the greatest pause with just sort of the run it back mentality. Is do you become a little bit complacent do you just say like well we know this group can win so we'll just you know we don't need to go all out for a regular season and 
you know, oh, we win. Okay, maybe we only win 49 games and we finish the fifth seed. Oh, well, like we can still win a championship. And I think they can, right? They've shown they can win series without home court advantage. They did that twice when they won a title. Um, but again, it's like, I mean, we we know how hard it is to win four series and to just create more of a challenge for yourself than you need to. That's tough. So that's kind of one of the themes I'm just sort of most curious about when I think about this team and just thinking about the fact that they are pretty much running back the same group, um, you know, would a little bit more of a change have, um, have been some way to kind of energize this group a little bit. And again, we never know. I mean, there could still be a trade before opening night, but um, but that's kind of one of those things that, that I'm curious about. I don't doubt that this team can win a championship with the personnel they have. Uh, but you do kind of wonder, you know, at some point, do you just risk kind of letting things get um, a little bit stale? Yeah, that's why, you know, the, the preseason strength of schedule and all those types of things are, you know, I mean, you read into it what you will, but things are going to change that are going to make certain matchups easier or harder along the way. So uh, we'll see. It's going to come around quickly. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast as well. They've done a full schedule review. Like we said, there's plenty of international basketball going on. So check out that podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, yeah, I'm not podcasting this weekend, Frank. I got plans. Can you believe that? But do you want to? Do you want to tell us about it? No, no. Really. I'm got, just going no. to watch Geelong play footy, okay. so it's you know pretty standard okay. stuff. Pretty standard stuff for me. But how's how's Geelong looking in the? In, in Australian rules football. Yep, top of the top of the standings, uh, last game of the regular season this weekend, and they're on top, so eh, see what happens. See if they don't choke it away. Who knows? Where are they? Uh, does Bet Online have them uh, have have odds on on Geelong to win? Is it the sorry, well, is it the grand grand final or grand finale? What what is it? Grand again? final. Uh, grand final. Late September twenty three this year, I believe. So only a few weeks away. Um, they are the favorite pretty comfortably, but ah, anything could happen. Keeping a are lid you on cov- it. Are, are you covering any of these games for, for ESPN Australia? I am in the stands drinking beers like an absolute hooligan. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how Australian journalists also cover games? Is there a difference? Don't you? Well, I tell you what, I never drank a beer in the press box at the Fiserv Forum, but I wouldn't have been opposed to it. They keep on mentioning the beer button. I was like, I wonder if I used the beer button to get a beer up to the press box, whether they would deliver it. Probably not. I mean, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers, right? Like, I don't know what the how the rules work there, but I mean, you're really just, you're really just begging for for some shenanigans in the press yeah. box. You got Bernie Bernie Brewer sliding into a, well, I guess he doesn't slide into the beer anymore, but you know, it's uh, it's a whole. It's it's just a very very beer friendly out there at the uh, the park I will still call Miller Park. So anyway, so much for that. Fingers crossed. Giannis and Mamu have healthy and productive weekends, and uh, we'll get back at it next week. Maybe preview some uh, some FIBA World Cup qualifying for the Greek national team. Locked Giannis. on Greece. Locked on Greek basketball continues. Locked on Greece. Giannis. Jokic next week. Uh, that will genuinely be fun. That'll be a good one. I think we might be able to dive into a proper post-game podcast for that one. So we'll uh, we'll have you covered there. We'll leave it there. Speak to you guys next week. <laughs>